welcome to episode 63 of the G-Man Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Beccarelli, and today I'm joined once more by Dylan Waxman. Yeah, uh, probably not once more, probably like 20 times, or uh, 8 times in the next, uh, I guess, 17 days more, but but still, uh, we're here again to discuss redrafts. Yeah, um, we did 2010 on Thursday, today is Saturday, it's time for 2011. Um, we did uh, on the 2010 NBA yesterday on Dylan's podcast, the DW podcast, um, and then tomorrow we are doing the 2011 NBA on, again, the DW podcast. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's uh, what's happening. Um throughout our redrafts um today we're, we're looking at a historically good class in, in the 2011 nfl um stacked with talent um throughout one of uh the better top fives you'll see um in, in the draft um uh, some solid depth as well throughout the draft um but anyway, before we get started today, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Chris J. Beccarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an account tell with your tax needs, call Chris J. Beccarelli CBA. Chris J. Beccarelli, who don't forget about the little guys. Big thanks to him for sponsoring this episode, and we will get into it here. So, um, we have um, pr- pretty similar um, redrafts um, throughout um I don't think as similar as as we did for 2010, but s- still pretty similar for the both of us. Um, we will start here at, at one um, with the Panthers on the clock. Yeah. Now we have a different first pick um, for what might be one of maybe a few times we'll see. Uh, with this pick, I have the Panthers selecting their same pick as they actually did Cam Newton. Yeah, I I think up until the fallout with the Panthers and his shoulder injury right off the MVP season, I, I'd probably agree with you. You know, when when I sit here and I do these redrafts, I I usually give the benefit of the doubt, so to speak, to to the original pick. Where well, what I mean by that is usually if, if it's close for me as to like if I would if that player's you know close to. To going there and they actually went there then then I will put them there just you know kind of for the sake of it to to keep things the same and to give the um to give that team credit for for doing well on that pick but I think it, it just wasn't close enough for for me um on this one I, I have them going with JJ Watt um out of Wisconsin I I think that you could you could probably argue this either way um you know he, he obviously had you know, the breakout year where he won MVP and they went to the Super Bowl and uh, that whole situation. But I think just the falling out, the injury, how bad he's been throughout, you know, the over the course of the the past few years, it swung it for me. And, and J.J. watched the pick here for me. Now, I think my biggest problem, my only problem with that one is I don't, I perhaps don't think that J.J. Watt is the best defensive player on the board. Um, we will get to that soon. But I also really don't think that it, getting one awesome defensive player and and one of the best we have seen in a while, I am not denying that J.J. Watt's talent is 
uh, a lot better than Cam's. But the thing is, Cam really... I mean, Cam is the reason they kind of hung around in the mid-2010s um, as a playoff-level team. Uh, that defense was obviously turned into a great one and was not built in this – or it was not built in this draft. It was built in prior in future drafts with getting guys like Luke Keekley, for example, uh, and Josh Norman. I, I don't think this was a necessary – I, I, I don't think necessarily that they needed the defense here. I think Cam was the pick, especially if Cam is almost on that level of JJ. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, I, I get what you're saying there. I, I, I did for sure have a, have a tough time deciding between JJ and the guy we will get to in just a moment um, in Von Miller. But I, I think I, I ultimately went, went with, with JJ. I, I could I, – I could, make probably the argument um either way for for JJ or for Vaughn but in the end I decided to go with JJ we can move on to to number two here as I already revealed my pick and that would be Vaughn Miller uh-huh um so as you might may have noticed I had my first two picks the same uh as it as they actually were and they will not get that way. I know you said that you kind of like giving the original pick the benefit of the doubt. I completely disagree with that method. I think if a guy was slightly better, you still take him. Um, unless, the, unless, like, especially for comparing two positions and the original pick was slightly worse than the new pick. I, I don't think that's the, um, here. I understand when it's like a quarterback game changing or at least, or a great guy who you need and then a guy that's slightly better, I understand, which I, that was the approach I took. But I think my main reason for having Vaughn over JJ, I I think really was the fact that Vaughn has had success. And, and I understand that um, he's been on better teams than JJ has ever been, but Vaughn also is the MVP of the, um, the Super Bowl. So I think, I think he has the accolades and he's, on the level of JJ that I think he deserves to be the number two pick. Yeah, I, I have the same pick here. Obviously, this was the pick in the actual 2011 um, NFL draft. What you said makes sense there about Vaughn. Um, we can move on here to, to number three, to to the Bills, where um, I have the Bills selecting Cam Newton. Um, yeah, so Cam Newton is obviously off the wall. And we look at we look at the top six picks, I think. Uh, you could argue if you think pro bowlers are too important top seven and the majority of the top 10 and you look how teams really hit the spot on these where later they aren't as um or where they weren't as uh where, where they didn't they weren't spot on I don't know what else to say uh so um I think teams really did it right and if you really really believed in the approach that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe you still take Marcel Darius, who is a very good player, um, just not as good as JJ, Cam, and Vaughn. Uh, I obviously, as you guys probably knew, went with JJ Watt, um, one of my favorite players because he represents um, Wisconsin, go Badgers. Uh, but I think Marcel Darius was a very good player, so I, I don't think it's crazy if you are going with him again. Um. Yeah, I don't have him going till till later on. Me too. Um, I, me too. I'm not. Right. But I'm 
but I'm saying, like, if you really believe in keeping the same thing, especially if it resulted in in success, I'm not saying it did with the Bills, but that's just, I, just in general. Like, if you think it resulted in success anyway, then you're not going to change it. I think that's a fair approach, but it, it's not the approach I went with, clearly, with this pick. Uh, so we'll move on to the fourth pick. Yeah, here here at four, I have the Bengals um, selecting Julio Jones. I think you could obviously argue for AJ Green. Um, for me, it just wasn't close enough. Again, I think, um, I for me, Julio is head and shoulders above AJ Green. Um, he's just had a better career, quite frankly. AJ Green has kind of been plagued by injuries a little bit. Um, obviously, last year for sure with the weird toe, like, the turf incident uh, where he, like, hurt his toe or whatever um, and ended up being – having um, – that ended up turning into a bigger injury. Um, Julio Jones is the pick for me. Um, I wouldn't be completely opposed to having A.J. Green here, but, again, this is one where, you know, I, I said I said if it's, if it's close enough, um, I'll, I'll give it to you, but – it just wasn't close enough for me, and I went with Julio here. Um, yeah, if we go back to a potential approach, uh, the Bengals were a playoff team for, I want to say, three, maybe four years in the mid-2010s, maybe slightly early 2010s. Um, in 2012, uh, 13, 14, and 15, that's four straight years. And I'm not saying that was only because of A.J. Green, but he definitely contributed a lot. They also ran on great defenses and before Andy Dalton kind of went, or became not as good. I think A.J. Green's big problem when you're looking at him now is he's kind of lost, not necessarily the last few years, but he's lost years compared to Julio because of injury and terrible teams where Julio's been on at least good offensive teams for pretty much every year of his career I think that definitely helps he also has a maybe significantly better quarterback um throwing him the ball which I think definitely helps Julio I think Julio is not head and shoulders but I would be confident to say that Julio is the most talented player in this draft um but I think the when you look at needs it, it makes sense for the top three guys to go in the top three um let's move on to the number five pick yeah, um, here at number five, um, I have the uh, the Cardinals going with Patrick Peterson. Okay, yeah, going back to your previous approach, even though you haven't really stuck to it for the first four picks, uh, if it giving benefit of the doubt to the original pick, uh, and I think this one works out perfectly because Pat P was a top corner in the league for a while. Um, I, I struggled with this one. I. I think if you're either going like five or you're going significantly later because, or maybe not significant, but later, because there's not necessarily cornerback needy teams. Uh, so I, so that's a big thing. I did not go Pat P here. I went Richard Sherman. Uh, I, I, I think if you're, if we're all being honest, Richard Sherman was the best corner in the league on those Legion of Boom, uh, the good Legion of Boom. Night or Seahawks teams, he shut down just about everyone. Uh, if you don't agree, then you are either did not follow football at the time or are biased. Um, and I, I think Sherman really, and I think Peterson was great. I'm not 
denying that. He was very versatile. Um, could return kicks. I, I think or punts also. I think he is not. But I don't think he's on the level of Sherman was at their peaks of these decades. Um, Sherman is also still playing very very well now on the great Niners defenses where. Pat P has kind of fell off. I think Sherman is the pick here. Sure, um, that makes sense. Um, again, it was it was, it was close enough for me. I went back and forth with this pick, but I again I ended up deciding on on Peterson here. Um, now we move on here to to six, where I have the Falcons selecting um a different receiver. Obviously, they selected Julio um in the in the real draft but here in my redraft i have them taking aj green yeah um obviously the receiver swap there uh, may bring up a i agree by the way um i have them selecting green too i think the receiver swap may bring up a what if scenario that i will throw out um later in this i think another very good receiver at his peak maybe near the same level as julio at peak but he has kind of fell off, made not in a major way, but he's fell off significantly in the past few years. What where Julio really hasn't. Um, once again, we could potentially blame that on quarterback or just team success as a whole. Uh, but but I think that is a big part in deciding uh, who might be the better receiver, or who is the better receiver, uh, which is clearly Julio. Uh, you want to move on to the Saturn's pick where the 49ers are on this redraft? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have the 49ers here selecting Richard Sermon. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he's obviously currently on the 49ers. I could have went with them selecting a cornerback. Um, I was very, very close to having them select a cornerback, but I, um, I decided to go with someone else. I think another... Um, another very good guy at his peak. He has been not fully fell off, but not at the same level as he was in the middle of the decade. I think the 49ers will select Justin Houston with this pick. Yeah, I have him going, um, here with, with the eighth pick, um, to the Titans. Um, I I think obviously, um, the Sherman not going to, to the Seahawks and going to the Niners earlier in his career brings up a, a what if that we will talk about later on. Um, but, but yeah, um, I have Justin Houston going at eight, Sherman going at seven. Yeah. Um, I think that makes sense. Uh, I, I just, I will, Sherman was obviously off the board for me, but I think that makes sense to have him sliding in uh, the Niners original pick was, uh, was, uh, what's his name? Alden Smith. He was good, and then personal issues and legal issues, and he might still be, like, suspended from the league. I think he's on the Cowboys roster, to be honest, but I I don't think he's going to get much playing time unless he really shows anything, and if we have the league, um, or if we have, he, he went high, obviously. He was not, he wasn't good. Uh, yeah. He he's good for like two or three years, right? Um, we'll move on to our um or my eighth pick, where I'd be tight in selecting Jarrell Casey. Um, uh, another solid player. Uh, he did not get drafted to the Titans. 
um, with the eighth pick where they shot and missed poorly with um, selecting Jake Locker, which may be one of the worst quarterback selections we will ever see. Um, yeah. Jake Locker, once again, showed maybe a year of promise or a year of capable of being an, a below-average starting quarterback. Uh, that quickly vanished. He is a absolute disaster. Or, or we don't know, really, because we haven't heard much of him. But um, but that we know of. Th- no, that we know of, he is not. He's a disaster. Um, Jake Locker's not the pick. Jarrell Casey definitely can be the pick. He is very good. Um, yeah. I, I have him going um, later on in, in my redraft here. Um, I think um, I think eight makes sense. I had some other guys um, ahead of him. Um, we will get to, to where I have Jarrell Casey in a few minutes. Um, we can move on here to, to nine, to the Cowboys, where I have them selecting um, Tyron Smith. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, obviously, they did that in real life. I have the same. Uh, Tyron Smith was has been a model of consistency um, on this Cowboys offensive line that has really been looked at as the supreme of the NFL for near the whole decade. Right. Uh, I think Tyron Smith had it. You could argue that he has been, or maybe not argue, but you could definitely say that he's been the key guy on that line, and that really started with this pick here. Um, This is maybe the biggest, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe you could go for something more flashy, or maybe somebody who's just more overall talent, but I think um, Tyron Smith was definitely key to any Cowboys success they had this decade. Yeah. Okay. So now we will move on to the 10th pick, where I have the Jags selecting Cameron Jordan. Yeah, I have um, the Jags here selecting Chris Harris, cornerback uh, out of Kansas. Um, I have Cam Jordan going 11 to the Texans. Um, I guess we can just talk about it now. Cam Jordan has has had lots of success. Um yeah, um, he, obviously he went all the way down before uh, to the rock solid on that Saints defense um, ever since. Um, he kind of really took off um, his third year and tremendous ever since. Um, so, so yes, Cam Jordan, the pick for me at 11, the pick for you at 10. My 10 pick, um, as I already stated, is Chris Harris here. Mm, that makes sense. Um, I think he is one of the three like very good level cornerbacks that are even acceptable to choose in this first round. Um, I do have one more going, I am pretty sure, but I think he is very, very solid. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say it. I have him going before Pat P, and I think that's arguable. But I think how we've seen Pat P kind of fall off in the past few years. Chris Harris has kind of stayed at a high level, um, or at least a decently high level. He's will be de- debuting his 
Chargers tenure this season is if we have a season. Uh, I think he is would be key on a Jaguars quarterback that we've seen have. Um, we've seen have we've seen Jaguars produce a lot of star corners this decade. Um, none that really were thought. The none that were really tolerable, considering they all got like traded or demanded trades. Um, but uh, I think Chris Harris would work in this Jaguars. Yeah. Pick. Okay, we'll move on to the eleventh pick, where you, where I have uh, the Texans selecting uh, Ryan Kerrigan from Purdue. Yeah. Um, I, I like Ryan Kerrigan. I have him going. Um, twelve. Um, as I already said, I have Cam Jordan going 11, so back-to-back edge rushers for me. Um, yeah, Ryan Kerrigan at, um, at 12 for me to the Vikings, I think. He has had a solid career, um, for, for the Redskins, um, and it would be interesting to see how, how he would end up doing, um, on a Vikings defense that has been solid for a while. Maybe they end up pairing him with Everson Griffin or, um, or someone else. Um, yeah, that would be interesting to see for for the Vikings. Um, who do you have as at twelve as we move on? And and just to throw it out there, obviously this may be seen as a loss considering JJ Watt is the pick. But I was actually reading this article before knowing that we were going to have to do anything to do with Ryan Kerrigan for um for this pod. And it suggests the fact that maybe Ryan Kerrigan is the most low-key Hall of Fame contender we've ever seen. Now, I personally do not agree with that thought. I don't. I don't see it. But he has been a model of consistency as well with a bunch of other guys um, in this draft class. So maybe you could potentially think that. Uh, but we will move on to my twelfth pick, where I'd be Viking selecting um, the first uh, inside lineman off the board in. Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will have him going um, 14 to the Rams, which we'll talk about um, in a little bit. 12, it, it, not that big of a difference. Um, here um, at 12 for me, as I already said, I have Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, we can move on here to 13, where I have the Lions selecting Jarrell Casey. Yeah, yeah, you said that already. Um I think that makes sense if – I think the D-tackle or um, somebody on the front seven makes or is ideal, I think that would be the pick if he was still on the board. But I do not have him on the board. I have a guy who went 10 picks earlier in the real draft. The Lions select Marcel Darius. Um, yeah, um, I have him going um, five picks later um, at 18. Um at 14, as I already said, I have Jason Kelsey going. Um, who do you have going at 14? Um, I have Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. Finally, um, maybe not stopping a fall, but just teams not needing corners, so they're passing up on him. I think he's an ideal pick of the Rams, and if we're really looking back on it, two picks that they did not necessarily hit the spot on. Not calling Robert Quinn bad, but he's not necessarily been the guy that he appeared to be maybe at the start of this um, or of his career where Chris Harris has kind of been good for a while. Um, I think 
both are decent picks, but I think Chris Harris would be not a uh, a big upgrade. Right. Um, we will move on here to fifteen. Um, where I have the Dolphins, um, selecting Mike Pouncey. Yeah, I like it. Um, I have the same. Uh, another guy who, um, who the pick works. I think there's a chance you could find a more flashy or more talented prospect, but he was key on a decent offensive line, um, over the decade. So I think this will be the pick. Um. So we'll move on to 16, where I have the Washington Redskins selecting Cameron. Yeah, Taylor. I have the same pick here. Um, he's, you know, um, a, a guy that has um, a solid career. Um, he um, uh, had, was drafted 31 um, to, to the Steelers um, and has been um, has stayed with them ever since. Um, been, been very solid um, on that Pittsburgh D um, and, and some of those um, playoff teams with the three Bs. Um, yeah, um, that makes sense for both of us there. We can move on. Um, we can move right along to 17 to the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, at the 17th pick, I have the Patriots selecting another Solid pick that maybe it's a slight reach. It's definitely a slight reach, but I thought this would be a fun a, a pick that the Patriots would definitely not make, but I think a fun pick uh, for the Patriots to make. I think the Patriots finally get Tom Brady some good receivers, considering outside of Gronk, you didn't see too many over this decade in Doug Baldwin. Yeah, I mean he he had some great receivers the, the previous decade and. The, the 2000s, um, it, it fell off a little bit in the 2010s. Um, Edelman was obviously a big part of that. Kronk, as you mentioned, um, it, this is, you know, an interesting scenario to play out with Doug Baldwin. Um, we have the same pick here. Um, we can move on to 18 here. As I already announced my pick um, with Marcel Darius. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, the 18th pick. I have the Chargers selecting a guy that uh, frustrates me out of my mind, but at his peak was a very good offensive lineman. Uh, Nate Soldier. Yeah, um, I, this brings up a, a very big what if here for me at 19 um, because I have Nate Soldiers going one pick later to the Giants. Now, we can address this now as this is a Giants podcast. We don't have to wait till the end where we will do our, um, our what ifs. Um, I, I honestly think that his career, I don't know. What do you, how do you think his career ends up playing out going to the Giants rather than being signed to them pre-agency later on? I don't know how this plays out for him, but I think that's at least a very good until he got to the Giants offensive lineman for a year. And I think that benefits everyone in the Giants organization, maybe benefits Eli the most because if he never gets completely overpaid by the Giants, at least at first glance, um, or aged slightly, I think maybe we don't, are, or we aren't looked at as the laughing stock of offensive lines for this decade. Uh, I think that would be definitely, or that definitely would be helpful in us having more than uh, two playoff seasons over this decade. Um, they obviously went on to win the Super Bowl. 
year after this draft or the the few months after this draft, but that um, that that didn't really translate to success for the rest of the decade. So I think this would be a game changing pick. Yeah, for sure. I think that really shows up the offensive line, as you mentioned um, with Eli. They had a solid um, offensive line the the previous decade, um, you know, but it, it kind of fell off as guys retired and it wasn't really one of those things where, you know, guys retired, but they found solid replacements through the draft. They, it really didn't work out. Um, Jerry Reese had, had some bad offensive linemen, um, drafts, cough, cough, Eric flowers. Um, I think, I think this is certainly a game changing pick. Um, for, for the Giants, and maybe we view – maybe just I, – I know that this wouldn't actually work, but it, potentially maybe we view Soldier's Giants career differently because they don't overpay him. So even if he has that level of play, maybe he's not considered a complete boss level, but he's also – I think my biggest – personally, my biggest problem with Soldier is – yeah, sure, he's he's not good or lost it when he came to the Giants. I don't know what that or why, um, but I think I think the fact that he's overpaid really adds on to it for me. So I guess potentially for me, maybe I look at him a, a little bit better um, now that he's not uh, overpaid. Um, but I think this would certainly be a game-changing pick for the Giants here, um, as we've said a bunch of times. I, I really like the scenario that the Giants get here. Um, obviously, as they got um, kind of um, a worse draft um, last year getting – or, yeah, last year in my redraft um, getting Emerson Griffin, um, not JPP. Um, but I think, um, yeah, Nate Solder would definitely be a solid pick here. Um, um, yeah, speaking of improving, the Giants definitely improved with this pick. Now, was I pushing just so they could uh, take the same position as last year and would this, or as, as they actually did, and would this actually ever happen? Probably not, if you're being logical. But as I kind of quoted, the cornerbacks are going to fall because cornerback needy teams come more rare than other positions. Uh, not with the Giants, because that is one of their biggest of all of their needs. But I think the Giants make what would be an absolute steal at 19. Maybe you could or- order, argue that he was the best corner in the draft, maybe even a top-five talent in the draft. Uh, the Giants select Patrick. Yeah, Jones. that would be another game, game-changing pick. Uh, maybe their secondary fall doesn't fall apart in the latter parts of, of the decade. Maybe they still contend with, with either of these picks. Um Throughout the decade, I think, um, I think obviously they took um, with with the nineteenth pick in real life. They took um, they talk sorry they talk um, Prince and Muk- um, sorry <laughs> Prince and Mukamara. Um, so that's an interesting scenario to play out. Prince and Mukamara versus Pat P. Personally, I think Pat P. ends up working out better. Not to say that Mukamara wasn't solid. He was the best corner on that Giants defense for a little while. And then he kind of fell off and had some issues. And then, I don't know. That was one of 
uh, 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 that was a bigger fallout um, with the Giants and uh, Mukamara. Um, so it, that's an that's another interesting scenario to play out. Um, if, again, a Mukamara versus Pat P. Um, I think Pat P. ends up working out better, so I like the scenario that they get for you. Obviously, I had Pat P. going five, so that's an absolute seal um, for the Giants there. Yeah. Uh, now we will move on to the 20th pick, considering we just took maybe a, a, a quarter of the podcast recorded so far. Uh, talking about one pick, we will move on to the Buccaneers selection, where I think they take um, another offensive lineman whose name I'm definitely going to butcher in Anthony Constanza. Yeah, I have the same thing. I have the same pick here. I'm not going to try to mispronounce his name. Um, I- yeah, um, I think that that's um, a solid pick for the Bucks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, a solid pick for the Bucks. Um, here we can move on to twenty-one, uh, where I have the Browns selecting Andy Dalton. Um, yeah. When we look at the selection, he is certainly not a top twenty or top twenty-one uh, player in terms of talent in this draft. Most likely not a first-round talent, maybe not a second-round talent, but quarterback need is huge, and sadly, he is the second-best quarterback in this draft class after, obviously, Cam Newton. I think it works out with the Browns and Andy Dalton. Now, do the Browns screw up quarterbacks, or do the quarterbacks screw up the Browns, or, or do the quarterbacks get screwed up from... or? Or, or, yeah, or the quarterbacks just not. Do the, do the Browns turn quarterbacks into terrible players? Or are the quarterbacks already terrible about the Browns draft? I think you could argue either way. I think there's a good chance Andy Dalton becomes one of the likes of Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel. Not that those probably ever happen, considering they took Couch Whedon in the first round of next year's draft, and then they took Johnny Manziel in 2014. Right. So... Andy Dalton probably never ends up producing Johnny Football and Brandon Whedon. Uh, not that Brandon Whedon was ever set up for success, considering he was 28 when he entered the league, and, and Johnny Manziel just had issues off outside of the field, so they couldn't really solve those either. So maybe it's not the Browns' fault, and maybe it's the, the guys who are not. And I think maybe that if Andy Dalton still just becomes an average quarterback like he is now, that at least that saves them of terrible quarterbacks uh, for the rest of the decade. So I think this actually works out well for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think everything you said, um, I would 100% agree with. Um, you know, may, again, maybe they don't end up blowing countless quarterback picks um, throughout the decade, but maybe they continue to do, and maybe Andy Dalton turns out to be one of them, um, and they continue to take Johnny Football and everyone else. Um, We can move on here to 22, to the Colts, where I've been selecting K.J. Wright. Yeah, I have um, a guy. I have him going uh, two, three picks later to the Seahawks. Uh, Once again, he's been part of one of the best, or most consistent linebacking cores with him and uh, with him and Bobby Wagner for the decade. We will get to that then. We can talk about it now. I think he helps the Colts, who 
whose decline really started now, obviously. Now, it wasn't exactly their fault that Peyton broke his neck, and that was one of the worst years we've ever seen. Curtis Painter was the majority of the year their starting quarterback that already throws people off, but um, they kind of returned back to success. Now, is this draft pick going to save Peyton Manning from breaking um, – or from injuring himself? No, but – Maybe could this pick help in the process? Uh, maybe, right. uh, maybe not. But yeah, it's a it's a decent pick. It's good for its value. Uh, Kid, you're right, solid. Right. All right, we can move on here to twenty three to the Eagles. No, I didn't say who. I didn't uh, sorry. Who I had. Right. I had the Colts selecting Marcus Cannon, the another offensive lineman who's fine. Uh, probably doesn't help that much. I don't think Marcus Cannon is that good compared to the atrocious offensive line they had in, like, the Andrew Luck could not get himself on the field. So it was guys like Scott Tolzien and other gross quarterbacks, like, from 2015 to 2017-ish. Um, so so maybe he helped slightly. Uh, we will move on to the 23rd pick where the Eagles making maybe one of the bigger steals of the draft, selecting Rodney Hudson. Um, Yeah. I have him going one pick later to the Saints. Um, here to the Eagles at 23, I have them going with Muhammad Wilkerson. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh, the guy, A guy who, if he was more consistent, like if he played at that level, maybe he's even like a top 10 pick, but he fell out fast. Right. Uh, so I don't – I mean, I have him going slightly later, uh, as in um, a few – yeah, a few picks later, but – so, I, ha- I think Rodney Hudson, obviously, is a better um, offensive lineman selection than their actual first-round pick in, uh, in, Dan- in Danny Watkins, who kind of fell out of the league fast. Uh, obviously, they did snag uh, Jason Kelsey as well out of this draft class, so that was obviously huge, but considering Jason Kelsey is long off the board, you, you never get that. Uh, also, he went in the sixth round, so you could definitely still take him if you had went with Rodney Hudson in this first round. Uh, we'll move on to the 24th pick, where I have the Saints selecting Robert Um, Yeah. Robert Quinn, I'm going 26 to the Chiefs. Um, at 24, as I already talked about, I have Rodney Hudson going here to the Saints. Um, I think, yeah, um, yeah Quinn makes sense. Um. I have him going, um, you know, just two picks later, so we're not too far off as far as um, ranking him. Um, we can move on here to, to 25, where I have the Seahawks selecting Mark Ingram. Yeah, um, I do not. I have a guy who was a great pick, um, but they picked later in the draft. I think they do it now, but earlier I have them selecting K.J. Wright. I think this works out well in the long run, considering it worked out well in the long run. Then they just got him at later value. And it's not like they're passing up on a guy, um, on a guy who was, like, so amazing. I mean, James Carpenter was, eh. He wasn't horrible, but he wasn't good. He was a Super Bowl champion, I think, on, um, on the Seahawks. But otherwise, not too special. I, I think this is a snag, even if they still ended up getting him in the real draft. So we will move on to the 26th pick, 
Where the Chiefs, so I have the Chiefs selecting Corey Legit. Yeah, I have him going 28 to the Saints. Um, as I already talked about, Robert Quinn is the pick for me at 26 to the Chiefs. Um, yeah. Okay, with the 27th pick, I have the Ravens selecting Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, I think Muhammad Wilkerson is the guy who, like I said, if we take probably from fringe 2011 to 2015, I would like to say, maybe slightly um, later or or earlier, um, and, and you take that, and then you're taking a guy who maybe might be um, a top 10 talent in this right. draft, but the problem is you have that probably maybe five, six-year Jets tenure, and then you saw nothing out of this guy after. Um, so he's with the Jets. I, I looked it up. From 2011 to 2017, he was a two-team All-Pro, or he was a sec- he's a two-time second-team All-Pro and a one-time Pro Bowler. I know that does not make sense, but he was a um, he was on the Jets for seven years, so more than I would have guessed, but he was never too special. Um after maybe 2014 or 15, uh, but he was fine. Uh, yeah, no, he was kind of a mess. To be honest, I think you still take those five years, and maybe if he's in a different situation, he never gets into trouble. So I think this could end up working out well for the Ravens. Yeah, um, yeah back, back to Wilkerson. Um, he's a guy who, you know, like you said, had, had a somewhat solid Jets tenure um, and then really fell off. Um, when he went to Green Bay in 2018, and we really haven't seen him since. Um, so, yeah, we can move on here um, to 28 to the Saints again. Yeah. Um, now, the 28th pick had the Saints making uh, a good move in selecting the, the original guy, uh, Mark Ingram. Now we go back a year. All we have to go back is um, a year, of, and if I still have the Saints um, selecting a running back here, and it's the first running back off the board, without a doubt, I am going to Marco Murray. <laughs> uh, fast forward a year, we saw what well, we saw no year from Marco Murray because he retired, and we saw um, what Mark Ingram can do as a starting running back. And a hype man. We, that too. Um, he will conti- we will continue to um, see what he can do as a as a starting running back this year. But I think if we're judging it off, even maybe off of this year, and the fact that he was a very, very good backup running back for guys such as Alvin Kamara um, and others over the years, I think he's got to be this pick right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, I had him going 25 to the Seahawks here, 28 to the Saints. I had him taking Corey Lodgett. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Um, I have him off the board. I think the Saints hit with the running back at least decently, even if he was not a key starting running back on any of their teams. So I think you do it again. Um, now, a big problem with Mark Ingram when it actually came to this draft was um, the fact that he kind of, after winning Heisman, stayed for another year, which is not – or, I mean, I'm not saying, like, not um, in the sense that – no, Mark Ingram's draft stock did not hurt um, his NFL career considering he has been a very good player um, 
so far in the NFL, but technically that hurt. Now, he, I'm not saying, like, he couldn't. He was not draft eligible. I'm not saying that he was draft eligible and he just decided to stay for his senior year, just to specify. But in the sense that he kind of hurt his draft stock by playing another year, um, that definitely did not help Ingram in the original draft. Um, we'll move on to the 29th pick where the Bears selecting offensive lineman Marcus Gilbert. Um, yeah. Here at, at 29, I have them taking Elvin Smith, um, a, a guy who went uh, much earlier, seven. Um, I, I think it's fair to call him a boss at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that uh, We'll just move on to um, the 30th pick, where I have the Jets selecting Mario Addison. Um. Yeah, he was one of um, the cuts for me because um, I, I have um, the Jets going with Tyrod Taylor here. Okay, I'm not going to lie. That is the boldest move of this video, of this episode um, by far. Maybe there is a bolder one later that you will see, but, but maybe not. I think um, I, the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, were coming off uh, – a appearance in the conference championship and it seemed that whether Mark Sanchez 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 could be either good enough to lead this team to a lot of success or was actually the future quarterback um was apparent so I don't think if you redraft um based on the at the time sure. then you don't take Tyrod in the first right. round but if you base it off of knowing how big of a disaster Sanchez turned into, and his career basically relies on one hilariously terrible yeah, the play. Uh, yeah, uh, then you maybe snag Tyrod. Now, I think you could make the argument that he is not the third best quarterback on the board. I personally would um, go with Colin Kaepernick just because he led his team to a Super Bowl in the college and a um, conference championship, even if things ended up going south. Um, so I'll move on to my 31st pick where I have the. Steelers taking Prince of Mukamara. Now, another guy who was solid and really got passed up on because it was a, a maybe not significantly, but a better cornerback um, where he act, originally went to the Giants. Now, Pat P is clearly better than Prince, uh, but he's carved out a very solid role as a top two-ish cornerback on a team in with the Giants and the Bears, uh, who do you have going at 30? Yeah, here at 31, I have Deion Lewis going. Um, Prince of Mukamara was one of the tough cuts for me. I, I almost put him at, at um, 31 or 32. Ultimately decided against it. Um, Deion Lewis here is the pick for me. Um, we can move on to the final pick here at 32, and then we will do some quick little what-if scenarios that are generated from this draft. Um, at 30, I have... Yeah, I have the Packers, just because I want to give some time to discuss yours, because I know what it is. I have the Packers select Alden Smith. Now, if you guys heard when I said there's something shocking, or at least worth talking about, that will come up with Ben's pick um, to the Packers. Now, um, Alden Smith, once again, maybe if you generate him into a different situation, he turns out better than he ended up being. And not in terms of talent, because he was talented the whole time, but he just could not stay out of trouble um, with with every with alcohol and drugs. But 
I think he's solid, and maybe the Packers can put him in a different um different situation to succeed rather than San Fran. So we will move on to your list. Yeah, my last pick here is Colin Kaepernick. Now, let me let me explain this. I know in terms of need or realisticness, this isn't the pick, obviously, but I think in terms of how his career ended up, it, it potentially is. I mean, obviously, things went south, but as Dylan previously mentioned, he led his team to a Super Bowl, then a conference championship. I, I think it, things mostly, people mostly remember the South part with the whole national anthem thing and then just getting booted from the league. Um, yeah. Uh, just wondering, um, or, or not just wondering, but I've got to say, Aaron Rodgers was just a Super Bowl MVP the past year. He just led his team to the Super Bowl. He ended up this next year, not that you would know this at the time, winning MVP and leading them to a 15-1 and record, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that season did end with the Giants, but still, just was going to point it out. Uh, I think Rodgers, may, maybe like we got compared to um, with the uh, the Jordan Love selection this year, like him, th- them trying to resemble what they did with Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre. Um, and I think that is a possible situation. Um, probably little did they know that Colin Kaepernick a year later would be leading um, his team to a Super Bowl appearance and loss, but, but still. Um, so, so maybe knowing that he was going to be the guy so quickly then that, that you were going to have to give up on Rodgers to give him a chance. Uh, and maybe, like, the biggest um, – that could um, bring up a huge what-if scenario that we want to just start with now. Yeah. Um, okay, for what-if scenario number one, I had to throw it out there. Um, once I saw this mock draft for you, if, if Rodgers gets hurt in um, – in, Let's see, in 2013, I think, or he got, he fractured some, he fractured his left clavicle, I think, in 2013. And Kaepernick, let's say, is still the backup. He didn't play all of 2011 or all of 2012, which obviously is huge for the Niners making or not making the Super Bowl now. Um, Then does Kaepernick come in, play great, and replace Rodgers permanently? Um,. I think potentially. Um, uh, I think it depends, obviously, how great um, he plays. And I guess it also depends on how Rodgers is playing prior to injury. Like, if he's, you know, not playing MVP level, and then he, you know, and then then he, um, and then he, you know, uh, gets injured. And then you put Kaepernick in, he balls out. Potentially, um, you make him the starter for the rest of the year. I, I think, personally, what I would do if this scenario came up is I would, you know, let Kaepernick start the rest of the year, especially if I'm not legitimately connect- contending. If I am, then I guess potentially I, I rush Rodgers back a little bit. But I think if I'm not a clear um, contender um, – to go to the Super Bowl or to go to the conference championship, then I think maybe I let Colin go and and then the next year I, I let Colin and Rogers compete for the job. Um, that that's personally what I would do. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I I think a problem that we see with a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, um, they get replaced and 
the, the replacement goes on some sort of a magical run or just shows a lot of talent, and you automatically are giving up on this guy who's been benched, um, or, or not even benched, because he's been hurt, and, and, even, and then he goes on some magical journey and wanders around teams, um, and maybe not wanders around teams, but has to find a role on another team, and this really happened um, significantly with Kaepernick, with, um, with him replacing Alex Smith, and he obviously went on to have a pretty sec- successful um, tenure, or not in terms of playoff accolades, but in terms of success um, in his mind uh, with the Chiefs, and um, we've also seen it with, it was countless others, but I think that was one big example revolving around Kaepernick, um, even with Rodgers ending up replacing Favre, and, and not that, and even once Favre wanted to return to the team, um, how they didn't really exactly let him, and he went to the Vikings, I think that's another big example. Um, I, I think this is crazy, and I, I think this potential scenario would be pretty crazy, at least. Um, I, I would be excited to see how the scenario could play out if this was actually possible. Yeah. Um, we can move on to your next one, eh? Uh, yeah. Now, not some crazy what if, and we've kind of already seen or talked about this, but with either of our new Giants um, selections, just yes or no, does this translate to a significant amount of more success in the next nine years of this decade? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think, um, I think it, it maybe not significant success, but certainly more success than than they had. I think more than two playoff appearances for this decade is for sure. Yeah. Um, and just to point out that um, we're, like, not I, – I think there's a – most likely, it's very likely that considering they already won the Super Bowl, they still go on to win the Super Bowl. And they're not factoring um, past redrafts into this one. So, yeah, maybe, as we said, that with the Everson Griffin selection rather than um, JPP, who was an all-pro the 2011 year, then – they probably don't end up going to win the Super Bowl, but I, th- I think with these upgrade and selection, they definitely do, um, which would be fun for Giants fans considering it already happened, but just to do it again um, in redraft, retrospect, I think this ends up working out very, very well for them, at least in the sense that it's an upgrade. I don't think Brenton Kamara was ever bad, and I think he always was capable of being a very solid corner, but Patrick Peterson was a all-pro level guy, so I think that is helpful. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if we have any more what ifs, if any jump to your brain in the next um, 30 seconds, you can throw them out. Um, oh, yeah, I got one. Obviously, it's a big one. Um, maybe the biggest one, just that we're Giants fans, so this, that one had more significance. Um, now... Most likely, the Legion of Boom obviously never, or, or definitely never happens with either of our, um, with the loss of Richard Sherman, who was most likely the best guy on those defense. You could argue for Cam Chancellor, or maybe even ET3, um, and then by the end, maybe it had shifted over, over to, like, Bobby Wagner, but he was a key, key part. Now, um, do the Seahawks ever see success? Because they still have guys like Chancellor, um, Chancellor... Uh, ET3, maybe they still get Bobby Wagner and they drafted KJ Wright in line. Do they still see success even without Sherman? I think they see success, but I don't think they I think they make, you know, the playoffs but I think the Legion of Boom never exists. 
Um, I think I don't have them getting Sherman or KJ Wright. Um, obviously, you only have them getting KJ Wright. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think for sure the it never ends up happening. Um, I think it's debatable whether or not you think, you know, guys, like like you said, EC3, Cam Chancellor, Russell Wilson, others um, can generate enough potential success for them. I personally, I think maybe they can. Maybe they make the playoffs a year here, a year there. I don't think that they contend at the same and win a Super Bowl and probably should have won or definitely should have won two Super Bowls, but yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you want to do an outro because those are all the what-if scenarios I could have yeah. thought of. Um, all right, guys, so that will wrap things up here for this episode. Um, please tune in to the DW podcast tomorrow when we are doing the 2011 um, NBA redraft. Um, the 2011 um, NBA draft is, is an interesting one. Um, it, it's it's um, it's got somewhat um, of a solid, um, or it's it's got a very solid um, top five, top six, um, and then it kind of drops off a little bit. Um, tune in um, tomorrow to the DW to see who we have going in those respective places. Um, that will wrap things up here again um, for this one. Um, another two thousand. 12 redraft will be coming out um on monday um yeah so so that's that's that um for this episode thank you guys for listening again continue to tune in to these redrafts and uh we will see you again on the g-man journal monday all right see you guys talk to you